to Innocence Lost. My name is John Recchia, and this is episode four. Four episodes, edited, done. Um, feels really great to be putting stuff out into the ether of the internet so my friends can hear what I'm up to, hear my mindless ramblings, and also hopefully I'll get hired by some employers one day. So if you are an employer who... Uh, needs help on a podcast, I'm your guy. I could host it. I could edit it. I could produce it. I can come on, be a guest. I could pretty much do anything. Um, So hire me, please. Uh, So today I am in Brooklyn. Um, Just got back from a bike ride and it's getting beautiful um, on the East Coast. It was in the 50s today. and that is so refreshing. Um, this winter was a rough one for seasonal depression, for sure. Um, so just to be out in the sunlight without a giant coat on um, feels pretty amazing, um, for sure. And the uh, the biking's been going well. Um, I've been pretty consistent on the getting out there three, three to four times a week. Um, and I feel like I'm getting stronger. My legs are looking pretty sexy, um, and yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling good about my diet as well. Um, hitting my calorie goals, as I mentioned in episode one, um, and yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, so today we are talking to Kevin Eisenstein, um, one of my best friends of all time, um, one of the funniest people I know, and one of the best musicians I know too. We've had a lot of very intimate experiences with music together um, and we talk a bit about that. We talk a bit about what he's up to post-graduation and a bunch of other stuff. So keep listening uh, to hear that and hope you have a good one. (laughs) Nice. Accomplished though. Uh, And you graduated. Which is awesome. Congrats. How does it feel? Thank you. Uh, pretty much the same. (laughs) I was telling my therapist that, like, I'm definitely, or I was definitely ready because, well, I don't really feel all that much different. Mm -hmm. But it's exciting. Definitely a weight off my shoulders. Absolutely. Uh, It was the Spanish class, right? I remember you were working on it. And then something else? Yeah. I did Spanish this summer, and then I had this, like, math class that I had to do this fall. And I wasn't anticipating it to be, like, as hard as it was, but it was actually really an ass-kicker. A really difficult class. Mostly because I haven't really done math at all in, like, four years. So I was just, like, it felt like I was actually... It felt like I was picking up a foreign language, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It just didn't make any sense. Especially having to deal with just, like... 
having to deal with the all remote like lifestyle yeah. too just dealing with it during yeah. a pandemic couldn't have been easy so it's yeah, it was it's dope that one. you finished up and and your place yeah. is looking nice i like your uh i like the backdrop <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got yeah the kitchen's turned out kind of nice uh, lots of spices it looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah my girlfriend always jokes that like I have the weirdest spice rack she's ever seen. <laughs> I have, like, all the non-essential shit and none of the essential shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how long have you... And what's her name? Amelia. Amelia. How long have you been seeing her? We've been dating, like, three months now. Actually, it might be to the day. Three months. Yeah, we met over Hinge, like, three months ago. Um... And she was, like, being kind of a jerk to me, and I was intrigued. And then we, like, walked around <laughs> the lake for a while and realized that we had a lot in common. But, yeah, we've been seeing each other since then. And, like, pretty early on, kind of, both of us decided that we were interested in trying to date someone, not just, like, hooking up or whatever. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think that starting a relationship during covid was like a really weird and surprisingly successful thing (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't know it definitely wasn't like easy to start but the past few months have been really fun we've been spending a lot of time together she uh she went to u chicago um graduated at the end of last year so like as the pandemic was beginning and then, uh, yeah, now she's, like, teaching remotely at a, like, a social justice school in the West Loop, teaching art to kids. It's pretty uh, awesome. That's cool. Meanwhile, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you'll get on it soon, for sure. You just yeah. graduated, so that's awesome. Um, what I was going to say is, um, yeah, I, I've been, like, seeing a girl a little bit more casually the last couple months because... I'm moving, which we'll talk about. Um, oh, yeah, no, you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, so, but what I have noticed is that, I don't know, when there's kind of a pandemic happening and you're kind of, because even though I don't have any intentions of taking it long distance or whatever, she's like the girl I'm seeing. So it's kind of just like, when there's not as much anxiety like to go other places and do other things and satisfy other people, it's kind of easy to just like focus on the person and hang. It makes hanging out easier. Um, and it allows you to spend a lot of time on them and with them. Um, and yeah, and I think that could be helpful at the same time. It's, it's hard. I feel like getting that initially because it's harder to meet people. Um, but if you could lock it in, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, we've we've definitely talked about, like, if we can stand each other when things are this boring, like, things might be really good when the pandemic's over. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Hopefully. Yeah, because a lot of people dealt with um, people who are in long-term relationships and then kind of hone it in. Um, yeah. People found issues with that based on what I've read. <laughs> Um, and so yeah it's different to kind of get things started 
yeah, I wonder how things will change when shit's open. But who knows when that'll be, when? honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the As we're recording this, they ship the vaccine. Like Yeah, the first shipment. Yeah. I my roommate's brother is a doctor and he's getting mm. his vaccine tomorrow, I think. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. So people are cool. so people are already getting vaccinated. Um like as we speak right now. Uh and I got a I got a message from Uber that said they're they're lobbying and they're writing letters to the CDC to try and get Uber drivers. Now you try to get vaccinated like, their workers. Wow. Yeah. So uh, so maybe I'll be vaccinated huh. in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be chill. Um, happy to hear things are going well with her. Um, that's cool that you're enjoying that right now. Yeah, pretty. Uh, otherwise, pretty normal Kevin mode for me. I've just been like mm-hmm. drawing a lot. Been reading more now that college is over. Yeah. Kind of fun. Um, that's what I've noticed. That was a big thing. There's there's so much reading you just have to do in college on just so many different levels that yeah. I don't know. There are definitely are people who still read for fun in college, um, but I, I know I couldn't, like, at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't read a ton, but, yeah, I've been doing, like, the audiobooks recently, um, and there's just a lot more time to focus and just, like, do it. So I dig that. Have you read anything good? recently there's actually this interesting book that a professor recommended to me actually it's like the complete diaries of um god i forget what their name is it's like um it's Saul something i believe or no ed sullivan ed sullivan was like one of the first openly trans men in america and it's like the completed diaries like all of his diaries from age like 13 when he was like a woman to like his death when he was fully transitioned as a man in like the 90s I think so right now I'm like reading that and it's weird because I've kind of stopped now that he's like 22 I don't know I I feel like I'm not sure if I'm going to read it concurrently or if I'm just going to read the whole thing um, what else have I been re- I've been reading um, there's this book by an artist named Mike Kelly which is um, he did a lot of like caricature art in the 80s and 90s and I have like a collection of his essays which I've been reading but today I was reading this book on Buddhism which and like the history of Buddhist thought which was really difficult but also rewarding I've always been a nonfiction person. I don't like read fiction, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of autobiographies lately. Mm. I'm thinking about starting Tweety's book, like this week. Oh really? Yeah. Because I. If you want to borrow it, you're welcome. Oh, to. do you have it? Oh, that'd mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could give it to you for secrets. Oh yeah, someone. yeah, because we'll see each other next week. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, just remind me. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, I've been reading. I read. Um, Chris France, who's the drummer of the Talking Heads, I read his autobiography, and that was very, very awesome. Hearing him talk about like, like CBGBs, like in the seventies and stuff like that, um, was super cool. Um, so yeah, I'm. I heard Tweety's book is kind of insane. 
Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I remember it was... Well, I feel like I knew so much about him going into it that none of it was all that surprising. Uh-huh. Just because I was like, a huge fan. Yeah. But, yeah, it was like... I mean, just interesting to see his career change over like the course of 20 years or so. Yeah. And it was interesting to see like what he put an emphasis on and what he didn't. Like, he didn't talk about Wilco's, like, first records much at all, if I remember correctly. Probably because he's embarrassed of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't he, like, didn't you, like, uh, like, kind of facetiously ask him to play Casino Queen when, like, you were around him? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we met him because, yeah, my friend Nathan was into like airplay which was the radio block which interviewed artists and somehow nathan got us into the loft where jeff tweedy works um no and i saw a hat that said casino queen on it oh right and right. i like pointed at it and i was like holy shit it's casino queen <laughs> and he, he like laughed at me he was like if you wrote that song when you were in your 20s and you were me now you would not be laughing <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of funny that's so funny yeah. 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 <laughs> um, when did you first hear of Wilco? Um, I think when Liam told me, honestly. Uh-huh. I think I first heard of Wilco when Liam told me about them and asked me if I wanted to see a concert that was at the King County Cougars Stadium. I must have been 14, so that was probably like 2013, 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 2013, 2012. And I went to the show and, like, passed out before <laughs> Wilco played. <laughs> so from then on, it was, like, my ultimate destiny was just to, like, meet Jeff Tweedy. <laughs> and then I did, and now I'm just, like, a sad fuck. <laughs> did, you t- did you tell him that you passed out at one of his shows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I forget what he said. He made some funny comments, though. <laughs> I was wearing it my alien sweater, which no one ever recognizes as an alien sweater. Uh-huh. And he was like, is that an alien sweater? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Would you say, uh, so would you say Wilco's like the first band you were like obsessed with? Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was Wilco concurrently with Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. Because um, I remember, I, yeah, I got a call from Liam... When I was, like, 14, and he was like, hey, do you want to see this Wilco show? And I was like, sure. And I, like, saw my therapist the next day and was like, who the hell is Wilco? And she gave me, like, six Wilco CDs and, like, 12 Bob Dylan CDs to borrow. So I just listened to, like, all of (laughs) Wilco and Bob Dylan at the same time. That's awesome. So that was pretty concurrent. Um, But, yeah, I would say it was the first band that I really got into. Mm -hmm. And then stemming from that, music became, like, a really big part of your life, I would say, right? Yeah. I don't know what happened from there. I just got really into, like, finding lots of different types of music. Um, Towards the end of high school, I was, like, edging more towards louder, noisier, kind of more experimental music. And then I got to college, and we had the radio station and the whole collection of everything, and that's where I kind of, like, really did a deep dive into different genres and different 
scenes and bands and stuff. Yeah, so college radio was yeah. a big thing, for sure. And then you've been making music for a while, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of stalled recently. Yeah. yeah. I made music... Um, well, I mean, my first shows were, like, in front of you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of, like, have built this modular setup over the course of the past, like, four or five years. Um, a lot of it is, like, pretty cheap, junky um, equipment normally used for, like, as toys and stuff that I've modified to have, like, built-in sequencers and, like, make random noises at random times and stuff like that. Um, so I have, like, a fair amount of music that I've made myself. Um, and then I also have a lot of music that I made with a friend in college as, um, Boss Man, which was the name of our band. Which was definitely the coolest thing about our band was that we were called the Boss Man. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What kind of... Uh, so, yeah, I had Leon, Liam, Liam on last week, and we, uh, we talked a lot about his music recently. And Have you heard some of his stuff? Yeah, I have. I've been really, really impressed, actually. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, I mean, he, like... Sounds as good or better than Surf Curse. Like, he, like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's doing something and he's making it sound really, really good, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's actually kind of inspired me recently to try to get back into it, but... Um, nice, yeah. Yeah, for me, it would take, like, a lot more, I don't know, kind of, like, preparation, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll send you his episode when it's done, because we talk a lot yeah, about yeah. it um and yeah he talks about it like he's spe- he's been spending like a lot of time he's been kind of i mean he has a new girlfriend too um yeah and he kind of talked about it in like there are three facets of his life right now and like he's just going like <laughs> very hard at just those three things and that's girlfriend like applying for jobs and then music so kind of like yeah. whenever he's Whenever he has free time from the other two, he's just, like, he always has, like, a guitar in his hands, or he's, like, working um, on more production stuff, so, and it was very, it was very nice to hear that, Um, and then hear that paired with, like, hearing the product, like, hearing, like, it, it, it's showing, like, the time he's putting in is paying off, Um, and it's inspiring to me, too, I'm, (laughs) I'm gonna get a bass soon. And I'm gonna start playing. Oh really? Uh, yeah, because be cool. I because I played cello for so many years, and it's similar. It's, the same it's in this, yeah. It's it's same tuning, like it's in the same key, um, mm. and it's like a similar. Uh, it's like a pretty. I don't know if you've seen School of Rock. It's like cello. We've got a bass. He just like turns it on his <laughs> So if if she could do it, then like I could do it too. I think. Um, but yeah. Was that Miranda uh, Cosgrove? Miranda Cosgrove was, was in it. <laughs> But it wasn't her okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool. It's cool. What have you been drawing recently? Um, I've been drawing a lot of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. I my main project I've been working on for almost a year now. 
um, which I always say like almost every other day that I'm almost finished with, and I don't think I'll ever be actually finished with it. <laughs> um, it started as like, well, what did it start as? Um, <laughs> it started like with, well, I was working like at the Field Museum last summer, so like the summer of 2019. And um, the research that I was doing was using a scanning electron microscope um, to find, like, pre-solar grains, which I won't talk about now, but basically I just thought the microscope was really cool um, and decided to draw, like, an image that I gathered from the microscope from, like, just, like, taking a picture. Um, and basically I drew around the outline of a character who, this is like hard to explain, but he, he's like technically in the Star Wars canon, but never shows up in a movie. His name is Aldar Beto. Um, <laughs> and like nice. the only thing that there is about him in like the lore of the universe is that he finished third in the pod race. Like, behind Anakin, which I think is just, like, the funniest fucking thing in the world. So I've been, like, devoting... I've devoted, like, a year to drawing this, like, really, really, really stupid character from one of the worst movies of all time. Um, and, yeah, over time, it's kind of drifted away from the character itself and more just been kind of, like, a study in how, like, small and detailed I can actually make things, which... Um, it's pretty small and detailed. So I've been working on that, and that is, um, like a 30, it's about like 30 by 22 inches wide and tall, respectively. And I draw that with magnifying glasses, so that takes a lot of time and a lot of, like, kind of meditation, just because I have to be really, really, really steady when I'm drawing so that I don't like like draw over stuff that I don't want to. But other than that, I've been trying to kind of focus some of my energy towards different projects. Um, for example, I've been like drawing with like a dip pen, like a fountain pen sometimes. So I've been working on a few like medium sized projects and then like a handful of small things that, you know, will take, like, the, about a few days, whereas the medium-sized stuff will take probably, like, a month or so, and the big stuff will take, like, half a year or a year or so. Yeah. That's... It's, uh... Can't wait to see it. Yeah. I feel like I don't, I don't think I've seen that one. Have you, Do you show that one, or are you kind of waiting? You know, it's... And I was talking with Amelia about this. It's kind of hard because a lot of my stuff is really, really detailed, so it doesn't actually photograph that well. Right. So I've been kind of hesitant to photograph that one, especially because I think all of the content of it is in the detail. I feel that. So I'm waiting until I, like, have it finished and have a good camera mm-hmm. in front of me to, like, put it anywhere. Yeah. Awesome. But I post updates sometimes online yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Um, how does drawing make you feel? Does it, how does it make you feel? Does it make mm-hmm. you happy? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> if I'm doing well. <laughs> um, 
That's a good question. Um, how does it make me feel? Well, I, I like it because I don't really think it makes me feel anything. I think it allows me to, like, channel my feelings into a tangible physical form that I can look at. Like, like it, it feels like a form of journaling, you know? Like, if I'm feeling mm -hmm. a certain way, I'll be drawing a certain way, and then I'll look at that later and be like, oh, okay, like, that's how I was feeling when I was drawing. So it acts as kind of like a nice sort of documentation of how I have been feeling. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's strange because I don't have much of a proper art background at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't like hold any, like, or much convention when I'm drawing. So a lot of it is pretty free form and pretty like up to my imagination um, as to what I'm doing. So it's abstract more than representational, usually. Which maybe for someone else it would be hard to tell how I'm feeling, but usually I can look at a drawing and be like, oh, I was angry or happy or sad or whatever when I was drawing that. Can I spend my paycheck in my wife that I just met? She's looking like a wreck. Who was one of your first, like, big friends, or, like, best friends? One of my best friends growing up was a kid named Rafe Rhodes. I think you knew him vaguely, right? I don't know. Yeah, he was friends with, like, Bernie Palacier. Um, I know that. Oh, yeah. I knew him. Yeah, yeah. And I was friends with Rafe because we actually grew up before I moved, like, right next to each other. So we were next-door neighbors. So he was like my first really good friend. Then we moved to my new house. Um, and in my neighborhood, I lived not far from, only a couple houses from Patrick Shecky. And we hung out a lot as kids. Then like in middle school, I hung out with Liam Whitaker quite a bit. And then after that, mostly Liam, Strohshine, and then you guys. How'd you meet Liam? Um, English class. I think it was like fourth and second hour, our eighth grade year. We were in the same class, and I don't remember how or why we became friends, but we did rather quickly, I think. Yeah. Just similar interests? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Cool. Who knows? And then, uh, homies ever since. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so... Yeah, and then in high school, you kind of met. How did we meet, exactly? Like, over Xbox, maybe? Yeah, I feel like I met everyone over Xbox before I actually met yeah. them. Yeah. But I think we kind of bonded in Genevieve's um, and Zachis's English class, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. So I think that was, like, sophomore year. Yeah. Which must have been, like... Almost seven years ago now. Yeah. It's crazy to think it's about. It's a while. Um, I remember really fucking with the fact that you, like, loved boyhood. I remember we kind of... <laughs> we kind of bonded over boyhood. That. that was one of my, my early memories of, like, of me being like, oh, shit. It's, this guy likes film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thinking about... I'm trying to think of, like, our relationship, like, moving forward close in high school visited you um a few times in northwestern 
um, yeah, that was various fun. times uh, to see Boss Man a couple times, <laughs> I think, um, and to crash. I remember one time crashing on your floor as a freshman. On my floor? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I must have been so I, drunk. Like, I, I, don't I like, slept on your yeah. floor, and then at, like, 1 a.m., I just, like, gave up. And then I just, like, slept on the, uh, like... Oh, yeah, you slept in the, in the lobby. lobby. Yeah, slept in, like, the lounge. Just, like, on the couch. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, and some good times doing radio um, with you yeah. in college and tuning in whenever I could um, to hear how you're doing. Um, was always was always lovely. Um, so thinking of, like, formative people, Liam was definitely... A big one, kind of yeah, furthered your exploration into music, um, yeah. for one, um, and other things, I imagine. So, Kyle, you, you played tennis in high school, too? Yeah, I did, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> uh, trying to figure out. No, <laughs> I really loved tennis when I was playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played, and I remember it was a lot more fun my sophomore year because Liam and I, Liam joined the team my sophomore year, and that was really fun. But, yeah, I played a lot of tennis growing up. I played in, like, club tennis when I was from the age of, like, probably 11 or 12. So I had, like, a pretty good kind of, like, game going into freshman year. I played on JV for a while and then eventually played on varsity as a senior I was never great but I always had pretty good form I think I just was inconsistent that's my main problem like my whole game I think was that I was consistent and that I just often wasn't consistent <laughs> <laughs> so I was very inconsistent yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's funny um, so then you end up going to Northwestern why mm -hmm. exactly I think probably because on paper it was the best school that I got into um, mm -hmm. looking back I think I probably could have been much happier going to an easier school and doing better and you know not having such a high stress environment to worry about um, yeah but you know it's done now and yeah, I think I went there just because of my interest in science, and I thought that it would be a good place to study biology and eventually earth science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so it's a tough school to get into, and you got in. Um, yeah. So you're pretty smart, I think, at yeah. least. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> when I'm not being dumb. Yeah. Um, did you, like, kind of know... You were smart, like, from a pretty young age. I remember, like, something about you was, like, I was always, like, whoa, Kevin's in, like, hell AP class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, gonna, yeah. he's gonna die, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I think I've always been a really creative person, mm -hmm. um, but I think that along with that wasn't really applied in my early education, which is kind of a bummer. Right. But, you know. Whatever. I remember, like, yeah, like, as a kid, I was, like, doing math, and I think I had, like, a higher reading comprehension than average. So I think I was, like, aware of it. Um, 
by no means was I like a savant or anything. Like I was just like, you know, averagely smart. Um, and yeah, I like struggled a lot throughout elementary school and middle school with anxiety and stuff. In high school, I definitely like found a lot of purpose in studying really hard and being a good student. Um, I think I really got worn out though by the time like of my junior year at Northwestern. I got pretty like sick of school in general. Um, so I don't know. I think I'm a really smart with some things and I'm really dumb with other things. It just kind of depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's all relative. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did you start going to therapy? When did I start going to therapy? That's a good question. Um, I started going to therapy when I was probably 11 years old. I was young. Um, I had really bad anxiety issues from a really young age. Um, and that really shaped a lot of my earlier childhood. Um, from like ages like 8 to probably like 13 or so. Um... A lot of that, like, I don't think I really fully processed throughout high school. And I think I processed a lot of that in college, which kind of, I think, explains why things were tougher for me in college than they were in high school, generally. Yeah. And you see a therapist today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've been going to therapy for a while now. Like half, like... Yeah, the better part of half of my yeah. life. How has that, like, how has that evolved over time? What'd you say? Um, I mean, I've definitely seen different types of therapists in different times of my life. Um, and as a result, I think I've like gotten different things out of therapy in different points in my life. Like, um, my first therapist was mostly a child therapist, um, and, you know, we didn't really, like, talk about really heavy psychoanalytic things. We talked mostly about, like, school and just focusing on getting through middle school and high school so that I could, you know, figure th- things out later on. The therapist that I'm seeing currently um, actually, like, specializes with people with, like, childhood trauma, which I, like, had to some degree. Um so a lot of that work has been kind of like regaining um, my confidence after having like a rough childhood. So mm-hmm. it's definitely like shaped my perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, I've been seeing the same one for. Um, it took me a lot longer to go to therapy. Um, I feel like I needed it for a while, um, and finally ended up doing it. Like a year, basically like a year ago from like around today. Like it was last, last Christmas break, I went to therapy for the first time. Um, And I've been seeing the same guy ever since. And I go in waves of like wanting to get a new one and wanting to like just hang on to him. Like it's very hit or miss sometimes. Um... I struggle with, like, leaving him because I feel like, I don't know, I'm very attached to... I mean, he just knows so much. I feel like I'd be, like, starting over. Um, 
like, and I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Like, you use therapists for, like, different, like, new um, challenges and things. So maybe getting a new one would help me. I don't know. Because I feel like we're rehashing a lot of the same stuff. Um, is something I'm noticing. So maybe, so yeah, maybe a new one. And he's also old. He's an old, like, pastor. Pastor. Yeah. Um, not like old, old, but like mid forties, um, and a pastor, which he's never like brought up God shit, but I feel like he's like been subconsciously dropping God shit into like (laughs) (laughs) everything. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) um, so I don't know. I feel like some like young blood might be nice to talk to like a 20 something. Have you had anyone that young? No, I haven't though therapist i see currently is probably the youngest therapist that i've had and he's probably around 35 okay yeah. but yeah he's he's pretty young and definitely like um specializes with people who are pretty young like our age yeah yeah i've never seen um anyone younger than 35 or so mm-hmm. yeah gotcha yeah We'll see. It's been good for me, I'd say. Net positive. Um, throughout the year, looking back. And I've been going, a, I've been waning off a little bit. Like, I kind of, I used to go weekly for, like, a while. Um, but recently, it's kind of just been a, on a need-to basis. So, it'll be, like, maybe three weeks will go by, and I don't need anything. But then... I need something, like, twice in one week. Um, and, like, I do that to, to like, hash it out, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, another couple weeks might go by, and maybe I'll drop by. Um, we have a good relationship in that sense. So I kind of like that. So, okay, so trying to think. So you end up in college. Um, <laughs> and how was freshman year of college? Oh, my freshman year was awful. It was... um, Mine too. Yeah, my freshman year was terrible. I, like, learned a lot of stuff that I didn't want to learn about myself. Um, Long story short, I, like, yeah... I got mono when I was a freshman. I remember that. I went to the hospital because I was really depressed when I was a freshman. But I did, like, meet a lot of the people that I was friends with throughout college as a freshman, which I think was a positive. Um... But yeah, freshman year definitely wasn't fun. Sophomore year was better, junior year was better, and then senior year was better until the pandemic hit, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. I feel like that's a good college experience. I feel like that's, like, how it... I don't know. I don't know if necessarily yeah. you would call your experience good. I don't know if I would either. I'm kind of neutral on it. It was, it was yeah. an experience. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't like it sometimes, but overall, pretty solid. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, you had kind of like the four-year arc. Um, all got a little better. Uh, you started radio freshman year, or? Yeah, I started radio right out of the gates, actually. Mm-hmm. I remember my friend Edgar, who was one of my first friends in college, um, told me that I should do radio, and I just like went to a meeting and was like, oh. This is for me, so I did that all all of college, and that was really a big focus for me throughout mm-hmm. college. Yeah, 
Yeah, I loved it. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. I like the record collection. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good collection and lots of like dedicated people, which was really cool to have a community of individuals who were interested in like making experimental radio. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. Definitely. Yeah, it was cool. I remember I remember one time you brought Dudley into the studio. Yeah, I still have those pictures. That was a highlight. Was funny. For sure. I, I kind of can't believe that I did that. That was really stupid. <laughs> I probably could have gotten in trouble. But... Probably, but oh, no one cared there. <laughs> giant nice dog. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Dudley died. That sucks. Yeah. How long ago was that? August twenty eighth, mm-hmm. two thousand nine to July fourth, twenty twenty. It's a good life. Yeah. Yeah. For Newfoundland. You lived a while. Yeah. Great dog. Yeah. The dog I like talk about most by far. Like Yeah. To like to just people <laughs> in general. I'm just like so many times I've been like, yeah, my buddy Kevin like had a Newfoundland. Just like fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> like the best dog ever. It was massive. It was like a fucking bear. Like just like yeah. waddled around. It was so slobbery. <laughs> He was a cool dog. <laughs> yeah, he was fun. Uh, I loved watching him swim. I did that one time. Yeah, great swimmers, those dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, like, their, their sheer size, like, their swimming ability is, like... Really, really good. They have impressive. wet paws. They can, yeah, they can really swim. Would you get a Newfoundland in the future? I thought about that, and yeah, I think <laughs> I would. I really do think that they are, like, the coolest dogs in the world. Um... Obviously, I couldn't have one now because I wouldn't have enough space um, right. in my apartment. But I think, like, yeah, if I, like, had a family, I would definitely get a Newfoundland. I mean, they're great with kids. Once you get a little land, too. Yeah, a little bit of land. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I want it. Once I'm in a position where I can buy large amounts of <laughs> land, I'll buy a Newfoundland. <laughs> That's the dream, right? Or you Just the more land, yeah. the better. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, I had a golden retriever when I was growing up. Um, oh, really? I didn't know that. Who I loved. Her name was Zoe, and she was like a red golden retriever, so like a, like a dark, darker kind of thing. Um, and that's yeah, and I and I really want that dog, like when I grow up too, like. I feel like those those dogs in the formative years you like get a strong attachment to if they're if they're if they're yeah. homies. And Dudley was Dudley was a homie for sure. I'm trying to think, we were kind of talking about radio in sophomore year. Mm. Um, and then you had some jobs. Uh, you had the field museum job, which was cool. Yeah, it was fun. One. Yeah, Liam and I visited one time. I remember. And then we went to... Yeah. And Tommy. And then we went to... Didn't we go to... We went to... Was Tommy there? I don't remember. But I remember we went to uh, Liam's tailgate with his, like, oh, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we, like, yeah. had some beers and, like, some brats. And then just, like, hustled to the <laughs> train. Um, yeah. yeah. Where does your girlfriend live? She lives in Uptown. She lives, um... 
So I'm like a block west of the lake. Um, I'm Clarendon. I'm trying to think of like what street is closest to me. I'm not too far from like Irving Park Road. She lives over in Uptown, mm-hmm. close to like where all the Vietnamese restaurants are. Oh, right. I was driving on that road. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And you met yeah, on so Hinge. She lives right off right. of Broadway. Yeah, Hinge. Cool. So that's not that far. Pretty easy to... Yeah, it's actually like a perfect distance, I think, because it's like a half hour walk. Mm-hmm. So it's not too close, but not too far either. Yeah. How's it living without a car? It doesn't really feel any different than living with a car because like I have a jewel that's like you know only a couple blocks from my apartment so I can get everything I need without a car um the only kind of caveat is that I have like if I want to go home my parents have to pick me up but excuse me that's not too big of a deal yeah What was uh, your favorite concert you've ever been to? Um, that's a good question. Um, probably my favorite ever. I saw Lightning Bolt in 2016 when I was a kid. I was I must have been. I guess 2020 now. I was 17 or 18 back then. That was a crazy show. I was like a half of a step away from Brian Chippendale's entire drum set. Mm-hmm. You know, backed by a crowd of, like, 50 people. Just that was with Hunter, right? Just fall into it at all times. That was fun. I've, I really wish I, like, stepped yeah, that was with kept Hunter. in touch yeah. with Hunter. Um, yeah, I wonder what he's up to. I know he was working at Target yeah. for a bit. But I don't know what he's up to now. Trying to think of other concerts. Probably LCD. Yeah, that's the one I say. Generally. And and I love that we um. Liam and I kind of talked about it too, and I love that we had um, or we saw Fiddler, like earlier in that day, (laughs) like we saw both those in the same day. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, The Fiddler show was the first time I ever like. Yeah. It was the first time, Liam kind of talked about this, it was like the first time, um, like I witnessed the power of music, basically. Like, <laughs> was like, holy shit. <laughs> People are fucking crazy. And how they opened with Sabotage, too. <laughs> As yeah, we do. Was funny. We were As we about the Beastie Boys right beforehand. Yeah. Any others coming yeah. to mind? Yeah. Um, let me think. Lightning Bolt, LCD Sound System. Um, I played a few shows that were really, really fun. That, like, yeah, that one Boss Man show where we were at my friend uh-huh. Anna's place that was, like, really scary and really fun at the same time. I'm trying to think of other ones that I've been to. I've seen Wilco a couple times, and those are always really exciting for me. 
It's because I know all the songs. <laughs> I love the Chicago Theater Show. Never do. <laughs> that was so fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fun. It sounded great in there. Yeah. Watching, uh, watching an Impossible Germany up close for the first time was was pretty electric in hindsight. I don't think I ra- I don't think I recognized it at the time, but every day after I was like, "Huh. That shit was insane." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Niles Klein. Yeah. Right. He's a great guitarist. Yeah. He did yeah, a um, a great cover yeah. Tweety. He did a great cover of um God by John Lennon. Did you see that? Yeah, by John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And heard that uh, instead of saying, it, don't believe in it. Beatles, he says, don't believe in Wilco. <laughs> it's great. Really? Uh, I saw that um, Hold On was your top song of the year. And I texted you about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That song's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about that song until this year, actually. I had been listening to it a lot this summer. And I was kind of, like, not doing great because of the pandemic. Um, yeah, I was actually really happy with all my Spotify stuff this year. It was, like, a, yeah. a funny... Dude, I was going to say earlier that I, like, I love it. I, like, listen to, to it. it. You have good taste, Kev. <laughs> I, I've been, like, passing it around a little bit because I just, like, love <laughs> it. I love all the music that's on there. It's a good blend of, like, new stuff and, like, a lot of older stuff I really, really like. Um, a good, like, spread of, like, your favorite bands um, and mine, too. It's great. And, yeah, and we had a similar experience with Hold On, honestly. I listened to, uh, or I watched the George, Har- the George Harrison documentary. Um, and then because of that, I got into... Um, Lennon solo stuff and Harrison solo stuff this summer. Um, and, yeah. I love seeing, like, the Harrison stuff in your playlist, too. Um, like, yeah, that first Harrison album is just... Yeah. Yeah, so amazing. And then, but I think my favorite of all of them is Plastic Ono Band. Um, and, yeah, and, and something about Hold On, just, like... Yeah, Plastic Ono Band's great. Really, really stuck with me. I think because he says literally, Hold On, John like i just like i just <laughs> i very much so i've just like kind of made that oh, yeah. <laughs> my anthem um and it's helped me kind of get through like the pandemic um so very similar there which i i just loved um and i like seeing a word by the beastie boys too <laughs> yeah a word I'm pretty sure I c- it might be a different song, uh, but I think it's that song. Um, I read the Beastie Boys book too, like during the pandemic, and I'm pretty sure Ad Rock, like, like what they do is they they talk about basically every song they've ever made because they talk about each album and they talk about each song one by one, and I'm pretty sure Ad Rock's "Oh Words" is least favorite Beastie Boys song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. That's really funny. Dude, oh, it's man. a good... It's good. And yeah, if and if you book, ever, like, like really cool. have been or thought about getting the audiobooks, um, the audiobook is awesome because it's Mike D and Ad-Rock narrating it. So you're getting, like, them kind of telling the stories. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I I thought that enhanced the experience. Oh, and also it's not just them. They have like a bunch of like guest readers who are like just like very, very cool people. Um, really? And yeah, totally recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. what it. Yeah, my big takeaway from it was definitely that like just they fucking all like License to Ill is just like a fucking like joke that like no one really got <laughs> and and they kind of became just like really? party bro frat anthems when they were kind of making fun of party bro frat anthems so um it kind of almost killed them but since they made enough money off of it they just like broke away from all the um like the record deals and shit like that um and made fucking Paul's Boutique. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... Paul's Boutique, know. yeah. Genius. I'd go as far to say. <laughs> yeah, Paul's Boutique is great. Yeah, I fucking miss movie theaters, man. You you and me are kind of... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're a rare breed of yeah, people who go to the movies by themselves. Like, often. Like, I do it... Yeah, I, I do it once every myself. two weeks, generally. It's, like, usually what my um, average is. So just yeah. that being taken away is significant to me. And I'm worried about the future of movie theaters, for sure. We'll see. I think, uh, I think like, art house theaters will survive. Um, like, shit like the Music Box and, like, shit like the Logan Square Theater. Stuff like that. Because I feel like... I don't know. They're just like bars, basically. Like people will go as long as there's like beer, <laughs> and like if they're cool and they show cool shit. Like I think like the the typical like AMC that kind of shit that might kind of be on its way, um, which I do like. Like I like those. I like going to them, seeing new movies and shit. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but <laughs> has been Hopefully a while. Stick around. I like going to the movies. Uh, when things were opening up again, I saw Vertigo, um, 70 millimeter at the music box, uh, Hitchcock. It's like his most famous movie. What's Vertigo? Yeah. Or Psycho is his uh. most famous, but Vertigo is the one they kind of say is his best, um, Right now, it just kind of feels like waiting out the uh, the pandemic, for the most part. You know, somewhat of an opportunity to like kind of focus on art and stuff that I probably wouldn't have been able to focus on had the pandemic not happened. Not saying I wish it did, you know. Not saying that it's a good thing that it did, but you know, it's just been a really big and strange change of pace, but. I think, ha- I was talking with Amelia about this, I think having dealt with depression and, like, isolation of my own every day before, I think it just kind of made the pandemic slightly more adjustable for myself. I don't know if you had a similar experience or not, but, yeah, I mean, nowadays you Absolutely. can't complain too you much. You just graduated, man. Healthy, you know? It's a big, it's a big weight off, for sure. Um, yeah. It's very nice... Not being tied down to something. Yeah. 
and that being like like i don't know you can do whatever you can literally yeah. just go do whatever you want right now um and it's a scary but comforting feeling yeah. to me like yeah it's cool and i wish you i wish you the best post graduation <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, so you're looking into the tutoring. <laughs> we'll see. You're looking into the tutoring, right? Huh? You know, I was thinking about that, but um, I've been, you know, I kind of have been doing so much school. I don't want to do any more school. Yeah. So I've been looking for like part-time remote stuff, on like Indeed and like some other job searching websites. Um. But I really just found out that I graduated. So, right. Like, basically. So, you can give it a little time. Officially today. So, yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah tutoring is kind of... I don't know. I hope I'm not doing it soon. It's just boring. Boring and is just... It yeah. boring or is it... Like, not what I want to be doing. Yeah. Basically. Like... No. Do you not really. Do like, good at English um, to do it, you think? They tell you to go off scripts. No. So I've made myself, like, a like a six- or seven-page document with just a bunch of, like, pre-script writing. Mm. Um, just, like, giving kids guides and shit. And, yeah, mm. if you can just do that, yeah, you really don't need to be good. Um, and I can generally do sessions very quickly. But, yeah, I don't know. My goal is to, I don't know, I don't like working in general. My goal, like anyone, is to try and find something that makes me happy. <laughs> and tutoring isn't making me happy. So, But it's just part-time, you know, until I find something better. Um, but, but I've been doing the bike riding um, for Uber Eats. It's been really nice, yeah. It's oh, making fun. me lose a little weight. Keeping me active, um, it's it's good, and it's decent money, too. So, I generally go between fifteen and twenty usually. miles, um, like a day. Per really? ride, per but I only do ride? one ride a day, so it's like on one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like 50 bucks, 50, 60 how bucks. How much money will you make from like a ride? Yeah. So it's like, it's okay. Oh, cool. okay. It sucks with, uh, sucks with the winter coming. <laughs> like today was the first snow and I couldn't really get out there mm -hmm. because, um, so I'm gonna, not going to be able to do it yeah. as much in the coming weeks, but cool. So I guess, I guess we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was really good catching up. It's been a long day. It's been too long. Um, the. Yeah, you too. Yeah, this shit sucks, man. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully. The hopefully next summer. Better soon. So hopefully next summer we'll be able to just. Boom. Yeah. Look kind of normal. Yeah. Maybe not yeah, the massive, know. massive crowds for a little while. Yeah. But hopefully just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, it was great talking to you. I'm glad you're doing, glad you're doing well.
thanks again to Kevin for coming on. That conversation was a while ago, but it was it was great catching up with him. And I've talked to him a couple times in the last week yesterday, and he seems to be doing doing pretty well. Uh, he's really into his girlfriend. He's really into his art right now. Um, and that's a good, that's a good combination for Kev. Um, so I'm excited to see what comes in his near future. Um, and thank you guys for listening as well. Uh, this is episode four. Uh, so if you're still around, I appreciate you a lot. Um, if you're an employer, please hire me and yeah, so there'll be a new episode in a couple weeks. So have a good one. Yeah.